Episode 8, Google Code Red, the full take. Hey everybody, this is Ryan and Ben, and today we wanted to dive a little deeper into ChatGPT versus Google. Some of you might have listened to our first episode where we talked about ChatGPT and if it was a threat to Google. Well, now we are a month removed from that episode, and since then, Google has issued a code red, where it has redirected several internal teams to pursue an AI implementation within Google Search. So, we felt it was time to reopen the case and give a full episode into it. But before we do that, hit us with some news, Ben. Yes, Ryan, the red account is now 200 accounts shy of 90,000 on the ChatGPT um, Reddit there. Michael also sent us an email. We'd like to thank him for sending us an email. He sent us an email regarding a downloading an app called ChatGPT and running out of credits and having kind of a, a miscommunication within that app. And we wanted to use this as also a warning that if you have downloaded an app called ChatGPT, it is not the real thing. It is not available via an app, even though there are fakes on the app stores in Android and in iPhone. So those are fakes. The only way to access the real ChatGPT is via OpenAI website directly, which you can do on your phone if you go to OpenAI and then actually add it to your home screen. So it'll act like an app, but it will it's not actually accessed through the app store. So wanted to give a little bit of a warning there since we got somebody emailing in about that. You do not have credits for OpenAI. They do not use a credit system right now and you do not have to pay for it. So anything else is a fake. That being said, Ryan, let's get on to our topic. So tell us a little bit about Google and how, why this is important for them. Yeah, so let's uh, first set the stage on how important this coming year is for Google. So for 2021, Google has had, had revenues of $256 billion. Uh, the ad revenue is made up of $209 billion of that. That means that ad revenue makes up 82% of Google's total revenue. So they have a lot to lose here. Google is scheduled to also release their 2022 financial report on February 7th. So we'll, we'll have a little more data on that point uh, as that day comes uh, closer. Uh, as well, Google also averages 87 billion visits per month, which is approximately 34,000 visits a second. So Google needs to sell ads, and in order to sell ads, they need people to come to their website and search. At a recent Google All Hands meeting, an employee asked, is this a missed opportunity for Google, considered, considering we've had Lambda for a while? This question is referring to the fact that Google had Lambda, which is a language model for dialogue applications, aka an AI chatbot, for a couple years. And they have been hesitant to implement it because mixing ads in with AI answers is a little tr tricky. So to quote Amar Awadala, the founder and CEO of the startup Vectara, if Google gives you the perfect answer to each query, you won't click on any ads, which, it, which is in lies the issue that Google is trying to solve at this moment. How do we get the best of both worlds? Now, we did have someone on Twitter that I was taking a look at named Jack Bryant. We will tag him on um, on our Twitter. Jake Bryant. Jake, I'm sorry. That's like, yeah, Jake, <laughs> Jake Bryant, Bryant mentioned something, and he, he mentioned that why don't they just have the ad right below the the search and the and then the the query and you know just a, a quick uh, note on the bottom there and I'll, I'll tag that in our Twitter so you can take a better uh, look at that um, if you can't understand my description there <laughs> yeah and and Google has been hesitant to integrate AI heavily into its search function because of the reliability of an AI answer at this point 
Google relies heavily on people trusting that what they are providing is a correct answer. Like if you go to Google and you type in something, you're expecting correctness from it. So Google, since it's a large company, they have a lot more to lose from misinformation because they are they they have so much revenue coming in from that. So they don't they didn't want to open the doors to any newcomers uh, taking or open their doors. Gosh, I'm getting tongue tied here. Open the doors for anybody kind of. Um, uh, losing credibility within their site. They need to have this traffic in order to maintain the revenues. So we've mentioned in the past that when you go on Google, what you're likely doing is one of two things, searching for an answer to a question or typing in a query. These are a little bit different and you might not have thought of this before, but a search is for an answer is something that could be as simple as like, what is the capital of Iowa? or something more complex like, how do I keep a fern alive indoors? And a query might look something like top-rated ski pants. One, one has a definite answer while the other is a little more subjective. For the questions, I think a chat GPT is a clear winner because of its ability to give concise answers. And it gives it in a conversational format that everybody's familiar with. So a question like, how do I keep a fern alive? If you had Googled that, you probably get links to blogs that also tell you a story about the gardener's morning routine before getting to the answer um, that you're actually looking for, which is how often to water it, where to place it, do you place it on a southern facing window, northern facing, how, how often to water it, that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff to sift through before you get to the actual answer you want to. So on ChatGPT, you could actually get a bulleted answer for that information and it's right there you're you only you're not having to click one more time to get that answer so for that sort of stuff chappy gpt would be a clear winner it should be noted that google has already rolled out like a highlighted function that highlights um, answers within an article whenever you search you've probably already noticed this but if you had searched for something like uh what is how to keep fern alive indoors we we'll use the same example if you clicked on the article, it would already have that section highlighted. Once again, it's in the format of somebody giving the answer that's on the article itself, but at least kind of narrows down the search for you. So this is nice, but it still requires one more click. So it's one more action. On something like a query, let's move on to that now. Like on a query for like top rated ski pants, this is something you really start seeing a lot of ads on Google. So if you had, if you had typed that in, you're gonna see like the top five are ads and then you're gonna have like shopping pages up there. Every retailer is trying to get to the top of the page. And I don't foresee a chat bot really pushing Google on these types of searches because of how subjective it is. It's not something that has like a definite answer that it can give you a, um, a clear and concise example to, but it's something that I believe could be run alongside of an AI and maybe AI helps push you towards stuff that you actually might wanna buy. So Ryan, um, what does this mean for Google? Should they or shouldn't be worried? Yeah, now this doesn't go this doesn't mean Google shouldn't be worried and uh, they absolutely should be and should try to innovate quickly, which is the reasoning for this code red. Um, there have been so many companies in the past that grew to be one of the largest companies in the world and then eventually got passed up by an industry moving away from them or by them failing to innovate or them <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied too, them failing to innovate within their own industry space. And some of these companies include so Blockbuster, you probably remember those, 
uh, that company. That was from like 1985, the mid 80s to 2010. At its peak, it had 84,000 employees, but unable to transition into the digital and got dominated by Netflix. Another is Sears, late 1800s to 1991. So you're looking at over a hundred years. They built a skyscraper in Chicago at one point and you could even buy a whole house from them. Walmart passed them in the 1990s as the largest retailer and today they only have 15 stores left. Polaroid was another company that end up going out in 2001, it was unable to anticipate the impact of digital cameras would have on their business and got completely destroyed. And finally, for, for us, I mean, you can Google plenty of these, but the final one that we have here is Pan Am from 1927 to 1991. And their downfall was due to its combination of corporate mismanagement, government indifference to protect its prime international uh, carriers, and a flawed regulatory policy. And their big one is they over-invested uh, over into existing business models and not investing in the future, which is what ended them. And that is, is kind of more closely related to Google than any of the other issues Pan Am had. Yeah, so we mentioned these examples because we want to get to the main point, which is while a large company in its peak, if when, it, when a company is like a large company is in its peak, it really becomes hard to fathom them not being on top forever, but it happens all the time. We give these examples not to say that Google is headed in this way or to sound like Google could be done in in the next few years, I don't believe they're going away anytime soon, but to show that large companies can get complacent and can't innovate as easily as smaller, more agile companies because they have a lot more to lose. So I don't believe that this Google Code Red is an overreaction. Google was caught, and I would say this lightly, with their pants down because they were already working on something similar four years ago, and we've referenced in past episodes, like this is what we're talking about with Lambda, but now are not the first to the market, which if you've taken any business class is a solid strategy in itself. But being too early could get you killed. Example, the Palm Trio smartphone, just a tad early. So what we are forgetting is that Google is one of the best interfaces out there. Gmail, for example, was huge, not because it's better at sending emails, but because they made it easy for the user. And there have been other competitors to Google like DuckDuckGo, Yahoo, but they haven't scared Google because they are not different enough from Google. They're kind of doing the same thing with a slightly different slant. This is the first time that something so unique has come along that it has piqued public interest and it legitimately is different than what Google is offering. And I think it's time that Google really, I don't think this is an overreaction for them. Right. And is this truly a code red for Google? The problem right now is the fact that ChatGPT has some serious guardrails, mainly being that it is not connected to the internet and it seems still shallow, powerful, but shallow. You'll get answers that are described as discom discomprehension or hallucinating an answer, mindless answers that show that the system has no clue what it's talking about. Whereas Google can at least get you in the general direction, unless of course you can't type in a good enough query, then that's your problem. Now again, they have dumbed it down, ChatGPT, and, and you know they've dumbed it down quite a bit, and they're testing it, and they're really seeing its capabilities. And Google sees this and knows how truly powerful it is, thus them running in that direction hard of, hey, this is a code red. Yeah, so I, I do think this is not an overreaction by them. AI, while in its current form, may not be something that if it stays this way forever, might not challenge Google, but AI is going to advance at a fast pace over the next few years and this decade. This is the decade of AI. 
So I think there, this is an appropriate response by Google. So thanks as always for giving us a listen. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast if you like what you've heard. Give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn at the ChatGPT Report with the same logo as this podcast. And please send us an email as well. We enjoy interacting with you. That is the ChatGPT Report at gmail.com. Thanks, guys.